Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, March 5th, and this is your FT News Briefing. We hope you like markets because this show is going to be all about them. First, Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell spooked equities and bond markets with comments he made on Thursday. Oil markets reacted to a decision by OPEC and its oil-producing allies. And we'll talk with the FT's markets editor, Katie Martin, about the UK's effort to stay relevant in global markets with a proposal to attract more companies to list on the London Stock Exchange. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell yesterday vowed to keep monetary policy steady even as the economy improves from the pandemic and inflation begins to rise. His comments triggered a sell-off in long-term U.S. Treasury debt and equities. But Powell wasn't really saying anything new. To help me figure out the market's response, I'm joined by the FT's U.S. Capital Markets correspondent, Colby Smith. Colby, why this reaction to comments that were you know, really similar to things Powell said before. Yeah, no, he really didn't say anything um, different, but the backdrop for financial markets has changed quite a lot since he spoke last week. Over over the past few days or so, we've seen a pretty sizable spike in Treasury yields and U.S. borrowing costs more broadly. And I think the big concern there is that these types of moves are going to become destabilizing to a certain extent. And we've already seen some pressure on equity prices. So against this backdrop, I think investors were hoping for... um, you know, some explicit pushback against these interest rate moves. He didn't really give that assurance. I mean, he did say if, you know, things get disorderly, they have the tools at their disposal to do something. But again, I think investors were just hoping for something a bit more specific from the chairman. Now, shifting gears a bit to to the fiscal side, the Senate is moving forward with President Joe Biden's economic stimulus package. How is the market bracing for this? Well, investors have been more or less pricing in this package um, for some time now. I mean, expectations really started building up after Democrats uh, won both Senate seats in the Georgia elections that gave them full control of government spending powers. Um, And it's what's really behind this move higher in market measures of inflation expectations, which have surged um, over uh, the past few months or so, and also the backup in Treasury yields. So everyone um, is, you know, expecting the stimulus to come through and expecting it to, you know, supercharge a recovery that's already starting to to form. And that in turn could lead to uh, higher inflation. And it's leading to questions about how is the Fed going to react to these potential bursts in inflationary pressures that come later in the year. So this is totally expected and something that investors have been looking for and, and supporting and as has the Fed chair. But again, it's just kind of a confirmation that this recovery um, is going to pick up pace uh, later this year. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. Capital Markets correspondent. Thank you, Colby. Thank you. Oil prices jumped yesterday after OPEC and other oil producers decided not to unleash a flood of crude oil onto the market. Brent crude rose above $67.30 a barrel. That's near the highest level since the beginning of the year. The FT's senior energy correspondent, Angelia Raval, says the main debate at the meeting was whether to go forward with a collective production increase and when Saudi Arabia would bring more oil onto the markets. And so there was a decision made to just hold fire across the board, apart from a very small allowance for both Russia and Kazakhstan. And this kind of went against industry expectations because analysts 
did expect before this meeting that there would be some level of an increase. It may not be the full 1.5 million barrels a day, but there would be several hundred thousand barrels a day. And we didn't see that. So that's why oil prices jumped the way they did on Thursday. So what, what do you make of this decision, Anjali? This is a signal from global oil producers that they're wary about how things might play out in the months to come. You know, OPEC and its allies outside of the cartel, they are not behaving as they did in the past, where they would meet once or maybe twice a year. These are monthly meetings, and the decisions that were made yesterday are going to hold just for the next month. So they are giving themselves room to maneuver, and they're buying themselves time. That's how to think about it. Angelia Raval is the FT senior energy correspondent. The UK is trying to make sure it stays relevant in global financial markets. This week, Chancellor Rishi Sunak endorsed proposals to change the rules for how companies list on the London Stock Exchange. To talk more about this, I'm joined by the FT's markets editor, Katie Martin. She joins us on Fridays. Katie, why is this proposal important? So the city's been stumbling a bit since Brexit kicked in properly at the start of January. EU share trading has headed out the door. Various types of derivatives trading and carbon trading have headed out the door. And we've seen some IPOs, some stock market listings that have not gone to London that you think kind of all things being equal, maybe they would have gone to London before before Brexit happened. And then, of course, you've got this like frenzy for for what you call SPACs in the US, these special purpose acquisition companies. They're like they're just sprouting up everywhere on US Mm -hmm. stock markets and London is just totally missing out. And people started to say, you know what, I think Amsterdam is a good venue for these. Right. And, you know, we've talked about this migration to Amsterdam before, both with IPOs and, and for SPACs. So now there's this review, these proposals for changes to what companies have to do to list in London. Uh, what does the business community think about it? So companies and bankers and lawyers and the exchanges all, broadly speaking, like it. But the whole thing has made investors a little bit nervous because they're thinking, this could water down standards. So one of the things that London markets are really well known for is the listing standards. And, you know, you could start to chip away at that. The problem is that unless we do something pretty radical to really attract, you know, ambitious, quite tech focused, actually, companies to the London market, then over time, it's going to start to look a bit irrelevant. So London is very old economy. The stock market is full of banks and energy companies and all that sort of stuff. If we're going to compete globally, we're going to need some of the sexier companies, frankly. And and this review is, is about making sure that we get those sorts of names. Let's back up a little bit, Kitty, uh, in terms of the IPO market. What makes a financial center appealing to tech companies who want to raise money through a listing? Well, some of the things are around things like a lower free float that just means that founders of companies don't have to put so much of their company onto onto the public market. But also there's some kind of less tangible stuff. So when it comes to London, it's about the language. It's a bit of a badge of honour or it has been seen as a bit of a badge of honour to list in London because of the listing standards. There's the time zone and there's just the fact that there's a whole ecosystem in London. There's a whole, there's so many asset managers here and banks here and lawyers here. There's so much financial talent in London. So you kind of need all of those pieces to be working together at the same time to really secure a city as a viable and thriving financial centre. 
The problem is that as some bits of share trading leak out of London after Brexit, that ecosystem gets weakened. And so it's a really important moment now for the city to make sure that we can we can still do this. Katie, do you think the proposals that Sunak endorsed, will, will they make a difference? Uh, they could well do, yes, depending on how um, punchy the push the pushback from uh, from the buy side from investors is. But it is notable that on Thursday we had Deliveroo, the takeaway delivery company. We are all full to the gills with takeaway delivery, right? They, but they announced they're going to do a London IPO. It should give the company a ten billion dollar valuation. Rishi Sunak is very happy about this. He's kind of endorsed it, as you say. Now you know. Would Deliveroo ever realistically have listed anywhere else? I don't know. But the timing is certainly pretty cute that the day after the budget and really quickly after this review into UK stock market listing standards came through, Deliveroo put their hand up and said, OK, yeah, we're, we're going to list in London. And it does sort of just bolster this idea that this is a place you can do business. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Thank you, Katie. Pleasure. Before we go, some news from Texas. A watchdog for the state's power market regulator wants to unwind $16 billion worth of wholesale electricity trades. The watchdog is recommending the Public Utility Commission of Texas make the move, which would be unprecedented, to try and help companies that had to pay ultra-high prices for electricity during last month's freeze. When temperatures plunged, the state's grid manager fixed wholesale prices at $9,000 a megawatt hour, that's way higher than what it usually is. It's normally 25 bucks per megawatt hour. Now companies are struggling with the check. It could also help with some of the people you might have heard about that got stuck with thousands of dollars in electricity bills. The watchdog says the grid operator made a mistake in holding prices at that level for so long, and that justifies the unwinding of trades. The state's grid operator says $1.7 billion worth of bills are still unpaid, a figure that's expected to rise. Companies are warning of a flood of bankruptcies. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. And we want to wish a special goodbye to the FT's head of U.S. audio, Amy Keene. She had a huge hand in launching the FT News Briefing and several other awesome podcasts at the Financial Times. And we're sad to see her move on. Best of luck to you, Amy, in your next adventure. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, 
award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.